as entrepreneurs, we are always frustrated, but shouldn't be, about profits. And one of the biggest opportunities we have is to have a steady stream of profits. But as we grow our businesses, oftentimes we run into challenges. I'm John Bowen, AESNation.com, all about accelerating your entrepreneurial success. And today I've got a very special entrepreneur who's gonna show us how we can turn our business into driving substantial profits. Very important. Now, some of these lessons were hard learned for Mike. Mike McCallowitz, uh, you know, just a fantastic entrepreneur early on. By age 35, he had two businesses that were doing multi-million that he had sold. I mean, that's the entrepreneurial dream, to have gone full cycle. There's a challenge though, when you get really successful early on and Mike fell prey to it. He became an angel investor and turned that fortune into not much of a fortune. Almost lost everything. But Mike is a great entrepreneur and he rose to the occasion and started another business. He's doing fantastic. And he is here to share with you some of the lessons learned so that you can profit first. Stay tuned. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Mike, I am so happy to have you here with us on Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success. You were one of my favorite authors without me knowing about it. So thank you for joining us. That's a blessing to hear that, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Yeah, point. I want to give a little background because we're going to learn a lot from Mike. And I've been learning a lot over the years. Mike has written a number of books. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to put up your website real quick. And uh, the one thing that you'll see here... For those of you who are in the, I mean, we've got video and audio. So for the audio, it's M-I-K-E-M-I-C-H-A-L-O-W-I-C-Z.com. And Mike's got, you know, his books that are very famous. The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, I just, I loved, but I loved even more. And I, I'm not even sure why I bought it. Somebody must have recommended it to me, Mike, the, the Pumpkin Plan. And you know, you, you've been out there prolific, you know, as an entrepreneur writing about it. And, and then uh, you and I happened to be at a mastermind group and I was sitting next to you and I didn't recognize your name, which I, I can't believe that because it's, <laughs> but, yes. and then we got talking and then uh, I got so excited. I invited you right away to be on this podcast because I know the lessons learned and then you shared with me the new book, but you know, tell me this journey, you know, let's go back a little bit. I'm going to be a little painful, but tell me what, what happened that you got this great start as an entrepreneur and then some of the challenges. Yeah, so uh, it was great meeting you at that event. What a confluence of events uh, to, to meet you there. Well, my, my start was this. I, uh, after college, couldn't get a job. So said, met with a buddy, had too many beers effectively and, and said, you know, I'm going to start my own business. And I did. And uh, it was an early, early struggle, a long struggle. But one of the things I did, which sounds foolish to do, and it wasn't intentional, it just I happened to get married and had a son already. And because I had a family to feed, I doubled down my efforts to make it work. And out of hustling really hard, my, my first business was in computer networks. I was able to grow it to a point where it was acquired uh, through private equity. My second company, then I said, ooh, 
I think I have well, a let's, here. let's stop for a second. I mean, yeah. you know, having a business that, you know, computer networks, there's a little bit of competition. You're working at a high level. You create a business. You sell it to a private equity firm. I mean, that's, that's pretty heady stuff at that point. I guess, you know, when you're living it, it just seems like, well, this is the natural course. I think that was my first, what I call a false positive. Like, I was like, oh, of course this is how business operates. This is how it works for everybody. You just yeah, grow I mean, it a few years, sell it, and then you go on. Yeah. I bought it, John, I, I can't tell you how much I bought into that formula. Pump it and dump it. Like, that was my favorite thing to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a pump it and dump it guy. Like, that's who I am. And uh, so I, I assumed, because that one, it now took eight years, but I grew it and sold it eight years mm -hmm. later. I said, well, if it takes eight years and I know the formula better, maybe I can do it in half the time. Well, sure enough, my second company was in computer crime investigation. I opened the doors. Six months later, Enron hits. Right place, right time. I get the phone call. My business, we didn't do the entire Enron trial, but we did a significant portion of it. My business went from a no-namer to on the map. And two and a half years later, that got acquired by a Fortune 500. And uh, it was at that point I said, this is the formula. Yeah, yeah, Pump and dump, man. Eight, you know, four, let's go for two, bigger, years. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I felt victim isn't even a fair term. I, I became so arrogant without realizing it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have the Midas touch, man. Anything I touch turns to gold. I'm a genius. So at that point, I said, I'm going to be an angel investor because now I'll, I'll start all these companies. I just touch them, and these companies I start will just explode in growth. And like, I'll be a billionaire. I was calculating, you know, by my 40th birthday, I think I'll be worth a cool billion or two. I almost say that drove you away. Inside, I was like Gordon Gecko, this callous, cold oh, guy. I started 10 companies, you know, invested in 10 companies as an angel. I now lovingly call myself the angel of death <laughs> because I sucked at it. And uh, I destroyed 10 companies all within six months, I think. It was clear they were never going to make it. Just an idiot. Well, and it's, you know, it's, this is where I, you know, some days I wish I was as smart as I was when I was 35. You know, it's it, this wisdom that we learn. It's so hard learned as entrepreneurs. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, you have this explosion and then all of a sudden now, you know, the, <laughs> the, all that wealth that you create, you know, you're touching all these firms, it dissipates pretty quickly. And there's a lot of lessons learned through that for everybody. But, Yo, what did you take away from this? The biggest takeaway for me was that wealth, I thought wealth happened as an event. You build, you build, you barely get by, but once you sell it, whoa, like what a windfall it is. So profit's an event. And I thought, well, if it wasn't a sale of the company, maybe it was a major client that would come in and, and buy some huge stuff for me, like an Enron. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is wealth, profit is not an event. It's a habit. It's a daily small victory, not one big win down the road one day. I realized after losing it all, and when I say losing it all, I mean losing it all, not just financially. I lost my mind. I didn't go insane or something, but I suffered from functional depression. I withdrew from any social activities. I started drinking a lot. And ironically, I have a glass of wine with me now. Not related, but I was drinking. <laughs> it is. I'm in Silicon Valley. He's in New York. It's late enough yeah. that I could drink, and he certainly should be drinking at this point. Here. Yeah, Exactly. I got to be drinking. Yeah. And I discovered that I needed, need to find a way to make profit every single day. And it doesn't have to be these massive profits, but if I could string together small profits, small profits, small, all these little victories in, in wealth accumulation, that's how you make serious wealth. 
Well, and it's and you know this is as entrepreneurs is so easy to get caught up in some of the the you know the 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 books and you know not your book but other books you know, and how <laughs> no, we can, well well how we can grow our business just dramatically and profits don't matter i can still remember during the internet days where before the internet bubble i was having uh, some of my good friends living out here in silicon valley telling me you know forget about profit it's eyeballs you want to be able to calculate the number of eyeballs looking at your stuff and it's just you know, and we get we go through cycles of this, and as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to kid ourselves that this works because you know if if we don't have to make the money during business hours, but we're going to make it on sale. I mean, who cares? You know, it's funny. I, this is a strange story, but once when I was a young kid, I, my mother gave me French toast for breakfast, and I got sick right after that and uh, threw up, and I said, well. French toast makes me sick. I never ate French toast again until I was in my mid-20s because it makes me sick. And my mother said, I told my mother, I, I'll never eat French toast. She goes, why? Because it makes you sick. And she goes, no, you had the flu at the time. <laughs> but it's this correlation to, oh, I started a business, I sold it, therefore, that's how business, that's how you make your yeah, money. The cause and effect. I mean, cause and yeah. effect. Yeah. And, and they're not necessarily related. And I thought they were. And it's funny because I came so trapped by that belief, even though my business, I was losing all my money making these investments, I was convinced in my head that they were the problem, that something was wrong. It couldn't be anything wrong with me. I had proven it worked. And it's hard to get past, it was hard to get past my own ego, quite frankly. Yeah, and this is, so one of the, the biggest things as entrepreneurs is we can get caught up. I mean, there's nothing worse. You know, it's like somebody who doesn't gamble goes to Las Vegas and makes a lot of money the first time. I mean, it's just not good. Not yeah, good at yeah. all. And the same as entrepreneurs. If you if it comes too easy, too quick, there's all kinds of horror stories there. And and at the same time, most of us, you know, don't have, you know, the big explosive growth. You know, we didn't have the hit one, but we're we're struggling along. What I, I want to dive right into, let me play a segment here. And I want to go right directly. You know, you kind of, a, a lot of times I'll do a segment on going down. You already went down, so we don't have to go there. We're coming <laughs> right, back right. up. I want to share with, you know, my fellow entrepreneurs, you know, really what you're passionate about now. Because, you know, when you and I were sitting together, I didn't have the benefit of your book at that point. I've read it as soon as, you know, the first thing yeah. I got on the plane, I'm going across country. I had the opportunity to finish the book, and it was a great read. And it is one that I've had a lot of success along the way, but I've had some of those bumps in the road too. There was a lot of really hit. So tell me what you're passionate about now and how, how we're gonna help our fellow entrepreneurs here to make some really smart decisions. Yeah, so my passion is being an author. So after I hit rock bottom, I said, well, like I'm down here now. I might as well pick what I wanna do because there's only one way up, right? And I've always, envision being an author and, and, and sharing stuff about business and entrepreneurship. So what I do today is I'm a, a full-time author. I have uh, just kind of plugged myself, I guess, but I do have my no, book no, here. I want you to. I mean, oh, what, okay. one of the things, Mike, is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is, you know, you are, there are very few, there, there are a lot of writers, but very few, you know, if we don't count freelance writing as an entrepreneurship by itself, you have been a serial entrepreneur. And yeah. there's a whole different you know it's one thing to walk the talk <laughs> right and, and you've got some life hard learned life lessons as well as 
you know, not I always judge somebody by how they get back up. And you yeah. got it back up extremely solid. And what I love is you share that story and the lessons learned, and they're pretty powerful, and you're a great writer. So well, go ahead and hold you. that book up again. Here. There you go. So yeah, yeah. so th this is the newest one of many books I've written. But So this is Profit First. And what I discovered, and kind of with the thesis of this book, and what I'm trying to share now, is that gap accounting is harming business. That's my thesis. I use the Johnny Cochran, gap is crap, you know, like the glove don't fit, you must have quit. Gap is crap. And what I mean by that is that gap, generally accepted accounting principles, the core formula is sales minus expenses equals profit. And while that logically makes sense, I mean, you have to sell as much as you can, you incur expenses to support your infrastructure and to care, care for the sales, and the remainder is profit. If you think about how we behave, profit is a remainder, it's a leftover, it's an afterthought. And we're, we're very much a now society. We look at the first thing. So what's the first thing? Sales. And what happens, John, is most businesses, most entrepreneurs I know, we sell like crazy, sell, sell, sell. We incur expenses to keep the sales going and grow the sales. And profit is a one-day thought. Well, one day I'll be profitable. Someday I'll make it. And it's an afterthought. And profit never happens. I can't tell you how many companies I know that live check by check. And these aren't like startups. These aren't like million-dollar companies. These are five, 10, $50 million companies that are surviving check by check. Yeah, no, guys, this, they have a two or three month, a $3 million nut every month and are surviving check by check. Yeah, and this is, I think this is so important. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure many of you listening have been at that point. Hopefully you're not there now, but you may be. And it's so easy to fall prey to this and, you know, drive sales because, you know, what do we talk about when we, we get together with entrepreneurs? You know, how big is your firm? How big are you? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, not it's, number it's, of employees. It's not it's certainly profitability. We don't talk about that, you know, unless it's real close friends. What we talk about is gross sales and we measure, you know, how big is yours, you know, how big is mine type thing. And it's crazy. Isn't that funny? That's always the question. And it's, it, sometimes it is like, so how big are you? Other times it's like, how many employees you got? Because I really, I'm trying to back figure your revenue. It's always top line focus. And if you look at the magazines, all the stuff we read and the stuff about entrepreneurship, it's always top line conversations. Mark Zuckerberg grew a billion dollar company. You should be next Mark Zuckerberg. You know, look at this company. They've acquired this company. Now their revenue is this size. It's always size. And profits never talked about, yet that's the most important thing. It's almost absurd. Well, and, and, you know, we do value growth, but, you know, we don't value unprofitable growth. And it's, yeah. Yeah, you got to have both. And one of the things that, you know, I, I look at this, and I mean, I, I have fallen prey of this. You know, and I was reading uh, Profit First on the way back and loving it. And then, then there were moments I didn't like because it was bringing back, you know, you're telling your stories and my stories were coming up. And, you know, our fellow entrepreneurs, we all have these stories. And it's when we forget the basics. And, and this is, yeah. you know, the, the concept of uh, gap being crap. I mean, that. Yeah, you know, gap. I mean, it is what it is, and what it is is it has us focus on you know top line, and then it's so manipulative. We can, you know, as we get bigger firms, we can be more creative on the accounting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, we get forced into cruel and all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, we run out of cash. And I don't know about you, your experience with running out of cash. I've done it a couple of times. It's not good. It's not good. It's painful. Yeah. So, so what I propose is, I'm not saying gap shouldn't be used. We, we need to. It's, it's mandated actually by law. The SEC or, or the enforcement entity requires us to do that. But I have a plug-in, 
And what profit first is, is simply changing that core formula from sales minus expenses equals profit to sales minus profit equals expenses. And in other words, I'm saying when you sell, immediately take a predetermined percentage, 5, 10, 15, 20% of that inbound revenue and reserve it for profit. Literally put it into a physically different account. And what this does, it's it's pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing new. It's the pay yourself first mentality applied to business. But what this does is now it reduces the amount of money that's available for expenses and our behavior as owners, as leaders for our company starts to shift. We see that there's less money available. And now we figure out ways to get things done with less money. Yeah, it's it's a it's such a fundamental change, and it's you know we've all had experience. You know, you know most of us. I grew up in the financial services industry. You know, paying ourselves first, ten percent. I don't know how many times I told people to do that, and you know it works. I mean, it's just an amazing thing, and. I have done it in business, Mike, and, and when I haven't done it, I've gotten myself into trouble when I have taken a predetermined percentage and we say, hey, and, and, and particularly those of you, you know, I found this to be extremely valuable when I was a primary owner or the only owner of the business because you know, then you can get in the guilt of maybe you're making too much money and right, everybody right, else. Right, right. And, and by going and doing the research of what is the right percentage that you should have you know, and communicating and making it transparent. You don't have to share salaries, but you can share with your, certainly your senior team. I'm out in Silicon Valley, so everybody <laughs> shares everything. But, you know, it just, all of a sudden, everybody gets it. That should be, you know, you're acting as your venture capitalist. And if you have outside shareholders, this becomes even, you know, probably equally important. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I was working with a public company that, it's a pink slip, but they, they took this on. And, uh, you know, they're not that big. They're about 25, 30 million. But, but they have a C-suite and they have the, the product VPs. Mm -hmm. And they, what they said is what used to happen is they get a project and say it was a million dollar project. And then the VP was given a million dollars to run the project and ask, you know, make it profitable. Now they say we've predetermined we want to run a 15% profit on every project that comes in. What they do is they get a million dollars in. They tell the, the, the VP, the product lead, that you actually have $850,000 because we already reserved our profit, get it done with eight fifty, And they go, they're hitting their numbers every single time now just by taking the profit first. Yeah, and it's, I mean, this is what we all work as entrepreneurs is hit our numbers. Well, yeah. if you fo focus on sales, you hit those numbers. But, yeah. you know, why not focus on you know profit first? And, I, and this is where it was such a subtle message, and it's one that you know resonates with all of us. But I got to tell you, Mike, I haven't seen that many entrepreneurs doing it. No, no, most don't. We fall victim to a thing called uh, Parkinson's law. There, there's a theory, and this has nothing to do with Parkinson's disease. But Parkinson's law was a study by this guy N.C. Parkinson. And he discovered that when a resource is made available, it's the propensity of humans to consume the entirety of the resource, regardless of the volume that's made available. In other words, if you are served a full plate of dinner, that a plate's this big tonight when you go out to dinner, if it's yeah. this big, you'll eat the entire plate. If you're served a dinner that's this size, you'll still eat the entire plate. But a practical business example is if you are, are negotiating with a client and say, hey, I'm going to get a proposal to you for this project in a week, you'll get it done in a week. If you say it's that same client, for the same proposal that'll take four weeks, it'll take you four weeks. We consume all the resource of time, food, anything that's made available to us. And even when it comes to money. So if we look at our bank account and we see in the, on the balance sheet or on our bank account, we got this big lump of money there, 
we will find a way to invest it all, to spend it all, to consume it all. And therefore, by taking the profit first, get it off the table, we've reduced the plate size. We'll find a way to consume what's left over, but since the profit's been reserved first, it's protected and there'll be profitability at the end of the day. Okay, now my fellow entrepreneurs, let's be honest here. I mean, we are wired this way. I mean, I, you know, I've taken a lot of classes, worked with some of the Nobel laureates in behavioral finance, and this is how we're wired. And you know, it is something that we set ourselves up for failure, and it's a, you know, it's huge. And you know, and and it gets even worse. I mean, Mike, you started with, you know, talking about you know somebody's got a three million dollar nut each month. I mean. You know, it, it's one thing when you're doing this when it's a 10,000, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 dollar business where, you know, you can, you know, steal from Peter to pay Paul and all this. But as we get larger and larger scale, as we're having the successes, we're accelerating our businesses. You know, this is where we make the fundamental mistake. We got to recognize that we're wired wrong. Exactly, exactly. Now, when, when I've gone to companies of actually of any size, people get the, you, the concept been conveyed. Like I think everyone watching right now knows, oh, I can do this. I get it. The mistake I see people run into, John, is that they say, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'll take a 15% profit. That's really what I should be targeting anyway, or 20%. And they pick a number that's too big to start. And the analogy I like to use is taking a mug out of the freezer and put it into a burning hot oven. It will explode. It will contort. It'll twist. The problem is if you start assigning a profit percentage that's too big, you make put your company into this stress moment and then steal from yourself and then unwind the entire system. So what I suggest is if a company wants to start it, the first goal is just to establish a profit first habit. Start with a small percentage, one, two, maybe 3% of inbound deposits get reserved for profit and see how well you handle it for the first quarter. Once you get past it, then bump that up to 4%. See how you handle it, then bump it up to 5%. But slowly turn up the heat. Don't just go full throttle right away. Yeah, and it, no, it's great advice. I mean, it's you know, it's like when you you know rush into any new thing and just you know go cold turkey. You do this, and you know it's not just you making that decision. You've got all your teammates and everything yeah. else. And and by putting an incremental, the other thing I would encourage Mike, and you talk about this in the book, is you know going out and doing a little bit of competitive research to see what the margins should be because so often in life you know we kind of go like yeah let's see which yeah, way yeah, the wind's yeah. blowing and all that yeah. what, what are some of the other ways that we can help the entrepreneurs that are watching this today or listening to it on the audio podcast what are you know one of the mistakes that are being made or you know what's really working for our other entrepreneurs yeah so well I'll start with the with determining your profit percentage what what I suggest you do is yeah go online, research out some public companies that are in the same space you are in or similar space and see the profit margins they're running. Um, but also on the flip side of that, I found that some people target too low of a profit. Mm -hmm. They say, well, you know, the public companies are running a 10% profit margin. Well, if you're a private entity, why aren't you running a 20%? Why aren't you running a 30%? I think we can keep on throttling it up. So step one is to, is to pick a number, but always see if you can throttle it up a little bit more. Because what happens is when you have less and less money available for your operating expenses, what it does force is innovation. And the more innovative you become, you'll find ways to get the same things done a lot less expensively. Yeah, um, let me, I'm going to stop you here just for yeah. a second, Mike, but I want you to keep your train of thought. The, yeah. you know, as fellow entrepreneurs, I mean, where this is really resonating with me, and, and I hope it is with you, you know, when we talk about innovation, go back to, for those of you who have started businesses from scratch, and I've done a number of businesses from scratch, I'll tell you, 
you know, when we don't have any capital, <laughs> you are unbelievably innovative. Unbelievably, right? Yeah. And then when, you know, when all of a sudden you got a lot of resources and I've worked for public companies, I've been CEO of a public company division. I got a lot of resources fr flying around in a private jet and all that stuff. It's a whole different mindset there. I mean, yeah, you got narrow. I, I got to be careful, but it's a whole different careful. It, it totally is. It totally is. So this will force you, puts downward pressure on your operating expenses and you behave differently. But, you know, another thing I, I fall into, and here's a, I scrap something on my desk here, a pencil. Um, what Profit First forces is reverse engineering. And just imagine this pencil. If we said, hey, we're going to start a manufacturer and we're going to make something. People say, well, what are you going to make? We say, I, I don't know. I'm going to make something. Something's going to come out the other side. I mean, that would be absurd. How you manufacture, say, I want to make a pencil, and this is what I envision it to look like, and we, we draw it out, we conceptualize it, and then we reverse engineer the sequence to get to the end product. Well, here's the absurdity of profit. What we're saying is, eh, we're going to make money. I don't know how much it is. We're, we're just going to make some money. It's, it's like saying a manufacturer says, oh, we're just going to make something. What we need to do is pick our end profit number first and then reverse engineer from it. If we want to be posting a 20% profit at a, you know, the, in the gross dollar amount is a million bucks, well, then we got to reverse engineer. What does that mean in sales? Well, it means, you know, 8 million in sales or whatever the number is. But by determining your profit number first, you can then go for the reverse engineering sequence to determine how you're going to get there. And th the problem is no one does that. People just say, well, we'll see what the profit is. It'll mysteriously reveal itself. Why? It's not necessary. Well, and, and I've been in cases where we actually have done that, Mike, and then revenue starts taking off and we go, let's shoot some more assets here to get it really yeah. going and get higher valuation and the profits will just show up. And guess what happened? <laughs> I suspect that company never had a profit. Yeah, not for a it long went. time. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you, you know, we bring in some professional management and whoa, we got it. But, you know, what did they do? Well, they did the profit first. I mean, you know, EBITDA, you know, get a little yep. more sophisticated on this, that, that right. whole concept. Let, let's, I'm going to switch gear for a second, then I want to come back to this. But let's go uh, to the next segment. And this is the app of the day. What's on your smartphone that, I mean, you are a very disciplined guy. I've been really impressed, you know, as I've gotten to know you now. And you know, I was impressed before I knew you with the books, but now even more so, Mike. And, you know, what, what's on your smartphone you want to share with other entrepreneurs? I got it right here. First of all, Joe Polish. Uh, I know who's been on your show before. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> yeah, you can't he's, see it right now, but it's is it a sticker? His head or is right yeah. there. If yeah. you can see his head. Oh, Two yeah, of you his can, heads yeah, you can see that now. Yeah, right up there. And my app is... Uh, Joe uh, Polish is from Genius uh, Network. He's uh, I'm in his mastermind group. He's an unbelievable connector. Unbelievable connector. Unbelievable. My app is, I don't know if you can see that, it's a seven-minute workout. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up on the uh, computer so they'll see that. But the seven-minute, oh, uh, seven, you can go to sevenminute.com. It's, it's available on iPhone. I don't know. Is it? Do you know if it's available on anything else? Are you... You're using, I'm just an iPhone guy, yeah. so I don't even know. Well, right. tell it, what do you use it for? I mean, you know, seven minutes isn't a lot of time. It isn't a lot of time. It, it's a workout program, and purportedly it was studied by Harvard professors, which does impress me. <laughs> and supposedly they determined that this workout regimen, a full cardiovascular and muscular workout, could be completed in seven minutes if it was at a certain degree of intensity and a certain sequence of, of exercises. So they came up with this seven-minute workout of these 12 exercises you do. And it's 30 seconds, super, super intense, 
10 second rest and you go right to another exercise. And I've been doing it now and it works. And what's really powerful about it is going to the gym takes an hour. Uh, going for a run takes an hour. There, there's always a reason or excuse I have for not doing it. But seven minutes is such a small amount of time. I, I literally can't even give myself an excuse for not doing it. Like, how can I not find seven minutes to work out? So it's increased my workout frequency. I have no excuse not to do it. And I vouch to the intensity. It, it's, a, it's an intense cardiovascular muscular workout well, really is. and i can tell the audience mike's in great shape so i will download this i i got a trainer coming over he may not like it uh but uh you know yeah the, i mean it, there's all kinds of studies of that i guess I, I in the past i wasn't doing the right seven minutes so i'm gonna get focused here yeah uh, <laughs> yeah let, let's go be, next, be, oh go ahead prepared. yeah i'm saying just be prepared it's still the, the one down little bit, is, yeah you actually have to do something <laughs> yeah you can't be drinking a beer while you're doing this like you are gonna work out hard yeah no no well let's go to the next segment And Mike, this is the book of the day, and uh, this is something that is near and dear. You, you know, you're a writer. You've got a lot of favorite books, but I'm not going to let you off the hook easy. I'm going to make you go to your new book. And just, you know, you just released at the time of this. We're recording this. I'm going to go to the Amazon page, and uh, it's Profit First, a simple system to transform any business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. I mean, how could you not like that as an entrepreneur? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a great title. title. I forgot the subtitle. I just I got profit first. That, that okay. is great. So just, you know, what's in this book? Why should the entrepreneurs that are listening to this read this? Yeah, so if your business has run check to check, if, if you're posting anything below a 10% annual profit margin, uh, I think it's suited for you. I, I, and I wrote it for businesses of all size. I've had the experience of working for, I forgot, acquired, you know, a $100 million plus division and everything from a startup where I've been. So I explained the process of, of profit first. And effectively, it's, it's nothing new but it's a combination, a blend that's new because it's applied to entrepreneurship. It's pay yourself first, matches you know, the grandma's old envelope system where she put money into different envelopes for different purposes, matches removing temptation. Like you know, if you keep junk food in your house, you're likely to eat it, but if you get it out, you won't. How to handle profit and get it out of being a temptation so you can steal from yourself. So it's applying these principles. It's wildly simple, it's wildly effective too. The thing is, once you do it, you got to stick with it. So I also talk about how to not just do it, but how you ensure that you'll stick with it for the eternity of your business. No, I love it. And you know, one of the things that as entrepreneurs, it's so easy, you know, when we're young, you know, we look at things as remarkably simple and they are simple, but they're simple because we're not smart. You know, we're ignorant. <laughs> we don't understand this. And right. then complexity comes into our lives. And, you know, there's all kinds of complexity. And we, as entrepreneurs, we muddle through that. And then if we're going to do a really good job, we go ahead and we get on the right side of simplicity. And I, I got to say, Mike, what you've done in the book is get on the right side of simplicity. It's, you know, it's just simple ideas that had to go through complexity first to get to that point. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I really have. And, and I just encourage people, don't confuse simplicity with ineffectiveness. It is because I've been doing this for myself. I mean, this, this mm -hmm. was my, I wrote this because this was the salvation for my own financial troubles in my business and, in my, and, and subsequently my life. Because ultimately, I think our business and our lives, are, we're almost like Siamese twins. We share a soul. And uh, this is what right-sided me. And I've now worked with 
I'm guessing, but over 100 companies from public to startups and everything in between. And it works. The key is, and it works for every single one, to the point where I almost want to say it's like guaranteed to work. The only weak part is you got to do it. Like, like the seven minute workout, it works. It definitely works. The question is, are you going to work out? Same yeah. idea. Well, and let's, let's go to the last segment here. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. This okay. is the number one idea that you want to share with your entrepreneurial, like-minded entrepreneurs here. So the number one idea is to get started on this today. So I believe, I totally believe in analysis paralysis uh, with any concept. So the number one thing I tell people is once you understand the basics, you're going to learn the majority just by doing it to the point where this sounds even sounds absurd, like to the point where you'll get more benefit of just doing it over buying my book. Now, I'm not saying don't buy my book. I, I hope you do. But you know the concept enough now that whoever's watching, I encourage you to set up the system where you're taking your profit first and going through the experience is going to give you a radical mind shift to ensuring your business is, is highly profitable or if it's already been profitable, even more profitable going forward. So, Mike, what are the resources on your website? I just pulled up your website. Yeah, so I have uh, a lot of free resources available. Go to MikeMcCallowitz.com. I, I, I do like that you had the recording of your voice, Mike, too, so that everybody gets it right, uh, including some of the mispronounced ones along the way. It's pretty entertaining. You got to go there just for, just for that. You should go there. Yeah, there, there's a, uh, a guy, um, he, uh, Eben Pagan, I don't know if you heard of his oh, name, yeah. but he made a statement once that caught my attention. He said, make your biggest weakness your biggest strength. And no one knows how to pronounce my name. So I said, hmm, how's that my strength? And I realized if I can make fun of my own name, because I, I do anyway, it's naturally who I am. I think it's a, it's a weird name. If I can make fun of it, it'll actually educate people on how to pronounce it. And once they're empowered with that, they'll teach other people to pronounce it. So that's why I set up that whole site. Yeah, no, always deal with the elephant in the room. So it's Always, great. always. Right. So the resources is go to the website and go to backslash resources. So mikemichalowitz.com slash resources. And on that site, you'll find uh, all the graphics and, and worksheets I have listed in Profit First in this book, but also from my other books, Pumpkin Plan uh, and Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. And if you do elect to subscribe to my site, I share my 10 favorite and the most popular Wall Street art Journal articles I wrote. Yeah, no, this is great. I mean, they are great resources. I have downloaded many of them, Mike, so thank you. I want to encourage everyone else to go. Mike Scott, Mike, you know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there. There are very few that have walked along with you that have had some of the challenges and Rosen and built you know, great businesses going forward. But they're extremely, it's a handful that can really write well about the experience. And Mike can. Let me go to this last one. I want to share some of the key takeaways that I have from this that I'd like to make sure that you are getting. I mean, this is very important. The very first thing Mike talked about was a gap and you know, moving from gap to you know, recognizing that gap with the way we're wired <laughs> doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. It's, you know, if human behavior is such as entrepreneurs were wired wrong to try to use gap. You know, we still have to do it and everything. But number one, you got to pay yourself first. Number two, 
is this whole concept of I like the idea, Mike, that you talked about. It's, you know, it's your, the grandmother approach. Right, right, right. And I've had the opportunity to consult all over the world on finance. And in Japan, a very good friend of mine, uh, Tim McCarthy, wrote a book on, uh, I forgot the Japanese words, but it was, it was all about pockets. And it's putting mm. money in the pockets. Because when you look at it from a rational economic standpoint, it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> right, to have right, all these right. different pockets. I mean, you should put it all in one, manage the portfolio and all that. But the way we wired, it doesn't work. So go ahead and recognize how we're wired and create those pockets of wealth that you're not going to touch, Okay, that are isolated for whatever they are. And then I, I might go number three, and I thought, you know, what we were talking about, I, I went back to my financial services industry, one of the biggest success, and we talked about this before we got on camera, was a 401k. I mean, you know, look at your own 401k or any defined contribution plan you have or your spouse, maybe working in a large corporate uh, situation. The, the accumulation of wealth that's happened there is huge. And the secret, pay yourself first. I mean, it's just yeah. that simple. So, I mean, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing your insights. I mean, these are extremely valuable. I know our entrepreneurs are going to be thinking about this. They're going to go to your website and download those uh, resources. You know, go to rasnation.com. We're going to have the transcript there as well as all the resources we talked about. Mike, sincere thank you for joining us. Oh, hey, a toast to you, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, pleasure. And then for all our fellow entrepreneurs, your current clients, your future clients, they're counting on you. Your teammates, your partners, everyone wants you to be profitable. They want you to be sustainable. Let's go make it happen. Wish you the best of success.